Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Live, Learn, Love podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Chavez, and I'm so excited you're here. Keep listening to hear from my diverse group of leaders, sharing their insight on leadership, health, career opportunities, wellness, or personal development. Thank you for going on this journey with me. So the first question that I have for you is just to like, tell me a little bit about yourself, what you do for a living, where you came from, um, just all small details like that. Yeah. So my name is Bree. I go by Brianna Ray Finnis, but a lot of people call me Bree. Um, I'm from Dallas, Texas, born and raised, and I am an online fitness coach. Um, I didn't start that way. I was previously in insurance, but had always had a passion for fitness, majored in biology in college, um, got my, you know, tr- certified personal training certification, all that kind of stuff. And then transition to that. Um, and really what I love to do is just, you know, help women to not only achieve their fitness goals, but live the best life while doing it. I think a lot of women are always trying to just like this hardcore diet and go all intense and, you know, we need to suffer for 12 weeks. And it's like, no, let's, you know, the best way to maintain the goals that you have for yourself is to make, you know, the diet that you're doing per se, if weight loss is your goal is to have that, you know, look as closely resemble what your life is going to look like after, you know, you're, you're doing that. And so helping women to, you know, navigate social events, you know, have their goals, what they may be, and, you know, to kind of take them on their journey from there. So I love that. I've had some time to like look through your page and like look at the content that you put out. And I love like how you have like this like positive like image or you put out this positive image of like nutrition and fitness, um, which I can really appreciate because I'm actually a nutrition major um, here at oh, AM. So I love it. <laughs> so That's I awesome. love all Thank your- you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next question I have for you, it's like in your opinion or experience, like how important is nutrition like in terms of like fitness? Because a lot of people think that like it's only exercise. Uh, but I know some, if you're like a, if you like got degree in something like that, then you probably have a different opinion. So I was just wondering right. what yours was. Yeah, no, I think it's incredibly important. If anything, it's like 90% of it. It's just, I mean, again, I think it depends on like what your goals are, whether that's just get to healthy, like if you just want to be healthy overall. Like you could just start with your nutrition and majorly get, having more vegetables, having more fruit. If your goal is just is weight loss. I mean, you can't outrun, you can't outwork out a bad diet. You know what I mean? And if you're trying to put on weight or build muscle, like, you know, someone, if you're underweight and you're trying to put on some muscle, like, or not muscle, but just weight in general, I mean, that's going to come from your nutrition. So I would say 90% of that is from your nutrition. There is obviously a role and a part that, you know, exercise and being active plays again, depending on your goals. If you're trying to build muscle, I mean, yes, nutrition is super important, but you can't just like eat this, like a crap ton of protein and expect to like build all this muscle. Like one goes hand in hand. Um, uh, but then you also can't just work out endlessly and then not have the nutrition that provides with it. Um, so I think it depends on your goals, but I mean, I, if there's anything maybe to get in check first, like if you're trying to be like, okay, there's, there's two things that, you know, I really want to change my life. I want to be more active. Um, and I want to eat better. And I would say if, if, you know, try and do both, cause you always can be active by just going for walks or like little things. And we may even get to, into that of like the biggest advice I have for people is like starting in baby steps. You had to just like, okay, I can't do both. I can't go for walks and try to eat more veggies. You had to pick one. I would say, you know, try and, and, and figure out your nutrition because, you know, your nutrition is, you know, 24 hours of the day, it's all the time, you know what I mean? And, and having a healthy relationship with food, I think is so important and learning how to navigate social events and understanding there's a balanced life. It's okay to have the cookie and eat the vegetables as well. And health is so much more than, you know, 
all of that together. So I think that's a long way of me answering <laughs> nutrition for sure. I think it is incredibly important. I do think everything else is really important, but I think it's a lot bigger than people realize. And, um, as I was like panning down of what I was saying, like, just even add to that. I think the big reason why a lot of people, especially like women are so like, Oh, I'll just go work it off tomorrow. I'll work it off tomorrow is because working out is like an hour of your time. It's like, that's all you have to think about it. And it's like food, you it, not saying you have to think about it all day, but like it's breakfast, it's lunch, it's your snacks, it's your dinner. It is a 24 hour thing. And so it's easier for you to say, Oh, I'm just going to go to the gym for an hour. I'll solve the problem in an hour. And I move on But it takes a lot more responsibility when it comes to nutrition. So that's why I think a lot of people lean towards like, Oh, I just need to work out more versus addressing something that is going to be an everyday thing, you know, to work on. So Yes, I completely agree. And I just kind of want to hear like your like spill on that because I, I'm trying to like explain that to people because they'll like ask me like, they're like, oh, it's fine. Like I just worked out like yesterday and like I can eat whatever I want now. But I try to like explain to them that they're like compliment each other. They go hand in hand. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people, they don't like to listen to that. Like my dad, especially he's like, like he'll just eat like a bunch of junk food and then he'll be like, Oh, well, I'm going to get on the treadmill for like two hours. I'm like, it doesn't really work that way. (laughs) Well, and it doesn't burn as many calories as you think really. I mean, I know people have all these Apple watches, but you know, Stanford did a study and it showed that app Fitbits, Apple, whatever watch you want to quote out here can be anywhere from 27 to 93% off. So if your watch says you're burning 400 calories, well, it could be 93% off and you're not. And so, you know, really it doesn't burn as many calories as we think. And so when people have the idea of, oh, well, one, it's, I think just terrible idea to use exercise as a reason to not, it's either a punish yourself or to outdo a bad diet. I don't think it's ever, I think working out should be a celebration of what your body can do, whether that's running, that's swimming, whatever, however you want to work out. I very much, um, am biased to strength training, um, but everyone workout should be a celebration of what you're doing and not this thing where you're either again, punishing yourself or saying, Oh, I'll make up for X, Y, Z by doing this. Like that's not what working out's for. It's for, you know, bettering your body overall. And people, I think take that wrong approach to it. Yes. I love that. And yeah, I hate when people have like a negative mindset towards exercise. I mean, I used to struggle with that a lot. Um, but since I've like recovered from that, like it's a lot easier to like exercise and actually enjoy it now. And I can like go to fitness classes and just like have fun rather than like trying to work off my food, which is so great. (laughs) Definitely improve my It's funny. Like the minute you change that mindset, workouts become so much more fun. Like, especially for me, like being in strength training, it's now a performance goal. And I challenge like, okay, last week I got only six reps. Now I'm going to try and get seven. It's like, Oh, I got seven. This is so exciting. It's like, it just, when you make that switch, whatever it is, again, if you're not doing strength training, if you're doing anything else, like chat, like yoga, being more flexible, whatever it is that you are challenging yourself and performance wise, or just saying, Hey, this makes me feel good. I get to go to a class. I get to see some friends. This is just something I enjoy and not making it about this calorie burning goal. It just completely changes how you enjoy exercise. Yes, I completely agree. And I like how you talked about earlier, like about being like a celebration of what your body can do. I love that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then the next question I have for you is, so if you could give like one advice to someone like regarding exercise, um, you said that you like to exercise like strength training or it could pertain to like anything, what piece of advice like would you give them? Uh, like getting started in anything or yes, just, just advice like, in, in general of it. Like, let's say someone came to you and was like, I like want to start exercising. Like, just like, what would you tell them? Like as a good rule of thumb to follow whenever they're. Yeah. Exercising? I mean, to go just across the board again with, with, with 
whatever you decide to do to be active uh, is take it in baby steps. I think a lot of people think like, okay, now I'm gonna start working out to go five days a week. Or a lot of people be like, I have to go every single day. It's like, take it in strides, like sit down, look at your calendar, be like, okay, I have classes on these days. And then I have a two hour break. Okay, perfect. After this class, I'm right by the rec center. I'm going to walk over to the rec center. I'm going to work out. I really don't care about showering. So I'm going to go, then go to my class and then go home and then I'll shower, you know, like, and look at your day and say, okay, I can actually realistically commit to three days a week and just start at three days of where you can look at your schedule. And I think another one too, is that would add on to that, not only starting in baby steps, but scheduling things into, I think a lot of people think of exercise as something I'll get in when I have a minute or when I have some free time, if I only worked out whenever I like just had a minute, I would never work out because like, I have to schedule it after me, I have to plan for that. And so I think when we not only taking baby steps, but also planning into your day, just like you brush your teeth, just like you go get your haircut, whatever it is, see it as in like, it's appointment. This is something I'm doing for myself. I'm allotting an hour. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to prioritize that. So again, starting in baby steps and then also scheduling that into your day or into your week, get the beginning of the week, look at your week, see what's going to be like and what you can realistically commit to and don't no show yourself. You know what I mean? Just like, I mean, you're, again, you're doing this for you. Don't put it in your calendar and it, you know, hits four o'clock and you're not at the gym. And it's like the last person you want to no show is yourself. You know what I mean? You're the most important person in your life. And so you shouldn't be no showing yourself, you know? And so it's like, okay, if it's on your calendar at four, start getting ready at three 45, make sure you're there by four and starting to work out. And so also treating it with as importance as it being on your calendar. So that's kind of like three whole things. Um, but I feel like they all tie in just like taking baby steps and then planning and scheduling that stuff out. Yes. I love that. And that's so true. I mean, a lot of people they'll just like, say like, okay, I'm going to like start working out, but it really like the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you like actually schedule out, like when you're going to do it so that it actually yeah. gets done and being yeah. with yourself. Yeah, exactly. Cause again, if you're just going to find time, I could, you know, you can dilly dally on your phone. And like, I don't know, I always, um, I have boundaries and like parameters set up on my phone now where it's like Instagram will like, there's a, there's a feature now where it's like, you can set a little timer and it'll tell you when to take a break. And so I set like a 10 minute timer. So if I'm on Instagram for 10 minutes, it pops up saying, Hey, you need to take a break. And you don't realize how quickly 10 minutes will go by. And so I think it realized if you were to like, look at your phone and see, you know, your phone can tell you how many hours you spend on your phone. And your phone will be like, oh, you spent four hours on your phone. You're like four hours. Like, you know how much I could get done in four hours. Obviously like it's broken up four hours because like maybe you're at the doctors and you scrolled and then you, you know, were working and you scrolled and then after class you were kind of scrolled. But again, if you were to strategically plan out your day a little bit more, so you didn't have all these like breaks and you could be like, you have four hours that you could have gotten your workout in, you know? And so looking back for myself like that, I'm like, oh, wow, I do have a lot more time to get stuff during the day. I just need to be more strategic about when. I'm on my phone. I think a lot of people get caught up in watching Netflix or being on their phone or whatever that may be. And that actually takes probably away a lot of the time that you could to go get in the gym. Yes, I completely agree. And yes, like you can do that stuff. Like that's super fun. I mean, we post, we both post on social media, like with yeah, absolutely. We do like your fitness and I do like my podcast stuff. Um, so it's good just as long as you like, make sure it's not interfering with like your other priorities. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong. I mean, I'm anything against social media. I mean, that's where I think, you know, even like with my page, your podcast, like it's a place where a lot of people can come to, you know, get what they need to get out of it, but just placing those boundaries on yourself and, and putting yourself in check and realizing how much time you're spending on your phone before you make the excuse of, I don't have any time to work out. It's like, you know, I mean, you, you spent, if you look at your thing, you've been spending four hours on your phone or not, maybe not phone, but you look at the social media aspect, 
we've been perusing on social media for four hours every single day. I think there's probably a way that we can, you know, just restructure your day a little bit so that way you can make, make time for things. Yes, I completely agree. <laughs> um, but whenever I reached out to you, um, or whenever you, you actually messaged me first, but you told me that you <laughs> went to, uh, A&M. Yes. Um, and so I know it was just for, um, like a short amount of time, but I just wanted yeah. to like hear about your experience there. Like, did you enjoy it? Can you tell me a little bit about your major? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I started there as a health major um, and I was there for three semesters. So essentially a year and a half, I started spring of 2012. I was there fall of 2012 and then spring of 2013. So three whole semesters. Um, and I, I honestly, I love my time there. Um, I super, super enjoyed it. The biggest thing that made me eventually transition out is just being, so I, again, I was a health major. And so I had to take the basic science classes and stuff. And so some of my classes were like 300 students. And I just kind of had this realization as just time went on that I really, really worked better in just a smaller environment. Um, as far as like my school studies, you know, I've, I grew up in very small classrooms. Um, I was homeschooled for a lot of, for all of high school. Um, and it wasn't the typical homeschooling. It was where you went to a co-op and a co-op is basically where you, essentially this organization sets up classes and finds teachers and you go up and you pick these classes, you sign up for them. And so it's a very small community. So, I mean, my classes were maybe like 12, 13, 14 students. And so I'd been around that a lot. And so I very much thrive being able to have that communication with the teacher. And so I just realized like after a while, like I wasn't going to do the best that I could do being at the school in the class size that I was in. And so I eventually transferred to Dallas Baptist university, which is here it's in Dallas, it's in grand Prairie, which is a little bit outside of Dallas. Um, and my large, class was maybe like, gosh, maybe 30 students. I want to say 60, but it's probably more so like around 30 students. And so I just got that like one-on-one teacher time that I felt like I really needed. So nothing against a and I absolutely love it. And they always said once an Aggie, always an Aggie. So I still consider myself an Aggie. <laughs> um, but it just, you know, I just, I think over time, I just realized I was like, you know, I just need to, to, to move on to what's going to, you know, I'm paying all this money. I need to make sure I'm getting the best value I can out of it. And so I just had to make that hard decision just to transition. So, but I, I love my time at a and It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's completely understandable. I mean, I kind of faced like a huge, like culture shock whenever I came here as well. Um, just because I came from like a small school, like I went to having like 20 people in my classes to having yeah. like 300, like you said, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. And I think that's totally fine. Like, I think a lot of people, they're like scared to like transfer out of like a big school or they see it as like a weakness if they start out at a small school or something like that. But really it's just about like what works for you. I mean, a degree is a degree at the end of the day. Um, Yeah, really matter. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I I wanted to be that person that went four years to the school and then I got my Aggie ring and like all that stuff. And so it was hard to make that decision, but I'm like, okay, an Aggie ring and saying I went four years to a school doesn't do anything for my life. What's going to do the everything, what's going to do something for my life is getting the education that I need, the learning aspect that I need so I can retain the information that I'm learning and then carry on throughout my life. Cause that's what it matters at the end of the day. And so making that hard decision. I mean, I am so glad I did because I've met some of my forever best friends that will be in my lives forever at DBU. Um, so I'm super th- like looking back, it just was like such a God thing. And like, it all makes sense now. Um, but it was definitely hard in the moment, but I knew it was the best thing I needed to do. Yeah. And I wish more college students would like understand that just making sure that they're like tending to their own needs rather than like comparing themselves to others in terms of like academics and even in just life in general. Yeah. I think a lot of people want to get like that, that true college experience because like 
A&M is going to definitely give you the more of the college experience and like DBU is, you know, especially being like a Baptist school, like we're not going to have all the different things that like most colleges do um, and just being smaller in general. Uh, but it's like at the end, like I get when I have the college experience, I totally understand that. I think it's a lot of fun for a lot of people, but you know, at the end of the day, that's not what's going to project you in life. It's like, you know, I, you have to, I think a lot of college students need to be like, what is going to be the best for my future? What's going to carry me forward into my career? What's going to be helpful for it in my life? And being able to think outside of the box versus the immediate wants and needs that you have now. Yes, that's so true. Really weigh the pros and cons when it comes to like picking colleges and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to like go to like a big, crazy name college to go anywhere in life. You know what I mean? Like go, you know, where you, you can afford it. And if that means you have to stay at home, if that means you start out of community, like, honestly, I kind of wish I'd started out at a community college and then transferred into school and done it that way. Cause one, I would have saved so much money. <laughs> um, you know, would have been nice. If, was it nice to be out on my own, um, away from my parents? Sure. Like would have been hard, like stay home for two years. Sure. But, you know, looking back at it, like it would have been really nice to get all of my general stuff out of the way and making it easier then, because obviously like at a university level, your general stuff is going to be harder than probably at a community college level. And it's like, why, why do we, why did I make that harder on myself? You know what I mean? I could have gotten all my general stuff out of the way that pertained nothing to my degree and done it, done easier stuff than, you know, and again, there's nothing wrong to doing the full four years. I mean, I did it. Um, but it's just like, looking back, you're just like, huh, you know, just like you have a different perspective once you're on the outside. Yeah, I completely agree. And so like you said that your major, um, it was biology, right? Or you said it started out as like, well, yeah, so it started out as a health major. Um, and then, cause I would, so my end goal was to be a physician's assistant, uh, was my end goal. And so I wanted to kind of take like, not necessarily the easiest route to that, but the easiest route. So I was like, okay, biology is really freaking hard. And I was like, health still counts. Cause I can apply to PA school with a health major. So I was like, I'll do health major. Cause I still have to take like the biology stuff, but I don't have to go do OCHEM one, OCHEM two, OCHEM three, all of that stuff. And I was like, so I can get out of those things. So I did health and then I was transferring to DBU and they're like, Oh, sorry, we don't have a health major. Like that's not a thing. Like the only option is for you to do biology. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm doing biology. So of course I had to take OCHEM and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, was terrible, but that's why I eventually transitioned to doing biology is because there was no option at DBU for me to be a health major. Um, but that's initially how I went into specifically health was I was kind of just finding the easiest route for PA school. Um, and then got out of college and was like, I am so over school. I can't imagine going into any more schooling right now. So I was like, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to just work for a year and then I'll go back to school. So I took a year off, which turned into six years and never went back, um, which is fine. And then went into insurance, actually didn't use my degree at all, um, but was still into fitness through this whole aspect. And then finally, I was like, you know what? Like, I've always wanted to do this as a career and COVID hit. And that's when I was like, you know, what? it's now or never. Like, I think COVID for a lot of people, like made you like realize things and second guess your life and, re- you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and so for me, it definitely did. And so I was like, okay, I'm officially, I want to jump into this officially. Like I, I'm, I'm done just helping friends and family. Like I really want to make a career out of this. And so I jumped in from there and that's how I basically transitioned to what I'm doing now. So, yeah, that's super cool. So do you like, would you say that you use your degree in your job now, like as like a fitness or like, what, what is your like career title, I guess? Yeah, I would say, um, online fitness, personal trainer or online fitness trainer. Um, always say like online 
uh, fitness educator, just because I love to educate people about stuff, especially like on my page, that's what's a lot about. Uh, but I absolutely use my degree. Like ever. just having the understanding of the body, being able to, the biggest one I'm really, really thankful for is I know how to read studies because we had labs and all that stuff in, in my biology degree. So I mean, I'm sure you're going I don't know if you've gone through that now or will be going through that, but you can look at a study and you know what stuff means. You can look through and be like, okay, there's actually some fault to the study. You know, they didn't have a control or they didn't, you know, grab a large enough population or whatever it may be. And so it's really been helpful for me to further my education action myself is to read through studies and read through papers. I have that background, but then also understanding like, okay, so-and-so is saying this happens, but that's not how the body works. So I know that's wrong because I know how, how the body runs. Um, so I absolutely use it definitely every day, if not just to further my own education. Yeah, I think that's super awesome. And we've like done that. I had a semester or at a class last semester that we had to like um, go through like different like research studies about nutrition and like tell what was wrong with it. And it was a lot of work, but yeah, it is. I know it'll be helpful eventually. But I love that you have like a degree in like biology because I think like there's a lot of people out there that are just like putting out false information. They have like they're not giving any like scientific like backing to what they're saying. Uh, I really think that it's good for like people like you who are putting out information to at least have like some like scientific backing so that people know that you're like credible. Yeah. And what's crazy is to be a personal trainer, at least in the state of Texas, um, to be a personal trainer, you actually don't even have to be certified. Like you don't have to get your CPT certification. Like I was taking my CPT certification and on the very last chapter of everything, they're like in the state of Texas, it's actually not required for you to have any type of certification to be a personal trainer. I was like, Oh, now you tell me, but like at the same time, I still wanted to get it, you know, because I wanted that certification of everything, but it's like, you know, you could really walk in and no one, you don't have to have a biology degree. You don't have to have any, you know, exercise science degree, anything. And you could just call yourself a personal trainer, which I think that's a whole nother discussion of like, you know, I think that's, that's the issue is like people just take their info, not that saying there's not quality information on Instagram or online. Cause I post stuff that I think, you know, it's good quality and stuff like that. But a lot of people take their information from online and think it's thick and span and good as gold. And then they end up perpetuating a fad or, you know, some type of, you know, unsustainable diet. Um, that's not going to be helping people long-term. Yes, that's so true. And so that, like I saw in your bio, they had like a biology degree. So I was like, oh, that's super cool. Cause some people like don't have that. It just has like nutritionist or like personal trainer or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I, again, I think at minimum, you should definitely have, you know, your, your personal training degree. Absolutely. But I do think, um, getting, you know, certifications and like I'm currently doing, and I'm going to continue for the rest of my life doing certifications, learning that's super passion of mine, but I'm currently, you know, doing more certification for my nutrition stuff. Um, you know, I had nutrition stuff in my biology, did classes for nutrition, all that and stuff, but I'm furthering my education, doing nutrition courses. Now, um, I have other biomechanics and everything planned for years to come just because I do want to, for that, that education, I think it's important for every personal trainer out there is to continue, you know, you know, science is kind of like math, like two plus two is always going to equal four, but we're also, also discovering things, you know, every, you know, with nutrition too, there's things that were discovered. There was a study that recently came out that I saw, and it was talking about like, you know, calorie tracking and, you know, a lot of people attribute, you know, tracking your calories to people getting disordered eating. And of course there were some faults in the study. There's definitely some more things that need to be done for sure. Um, but it was a good start to looking into like, okay, it looks like per the study, counting calories, isn't actually the thing that's actually leading for people to having these, um, eating disorders. And so there, there has to be something else that's leading to that and diving into that more. So there's just always things changing. It's always going to be up on your education. Um, again, you know, 
your stomach's always going to hold your food. Like that's not changing, but there's different things we learn. And so I think it's important as if, again, if you are going to be getting advice or any education out there on a platform to be making sure you're the most up-to-date and staying in that, in that field. Yes, for sure. And one thing that I'm really appreciating about college right now is that one of our professors is like showing us like where we can get like that credible information. So we like, cause he, he's really big on like having like facts. And so he's good. like all these that. like links and like where to look, where not to look. So that's been super helpful as well. That's awesome. I, I love that. And I feel like professors could do that even more than they probably do. I don't feel like all professors are like that. So I love that you have one that is. <laughs> yeah, definitely not all of them are like that. <laughs> yeah. But the next question I have for you is, so what does like a day in the life of your job look like? So like what that's like meeting with patients, like your own personal workouts, like what does your day look like? Yeah. So it, it kind of changes day to day just because I do block my days. Like, you know, Mondays is really me getting kind of everything in order for the week. Um, Tuesdays I'm going over client stuff and I'll kind of give like one whole day, but like Tuesdays I'm going over client things, getting everything, everything set up, um, new training programs, all that kind of stuff. And then Wednesdays I check in with all my clients. Um, and then Thursdays are usually my content days and where I create more content for Instagram. So it kind of looks different day to day, but I'd say like pretty much on the most part, it's, you know, I wake up, I always, or I recently probably in the last few months transitioned to morning workouts. So I work out every morning, first thing in the morning, um, I come home, I eat breakfast, uh, and then check my emails, respond to any clients who have messaged me during that week. And then depending on the day, I basically hop in into work right from there. Um, whether that's Thursday and I'm creating content for Instagram, it's Wednesday and it's client check-in day. So I need to review over client stuff. Um, or it's Monday and it's like, okay, let's look at what we have for the week, assess everything, get everything planned out, maybe do some backend work. Um, back office work kind of stuff and assess from there. And so, but basically everything, the days usually start pretty much the same, but what I'm doing throughout, um, you know, kind of varies day to day. And then, you know, making sure a big thing that I've tried to implement recently is like setting a hard boundary for myself. Cause I could honestly be working 24 seven if I really wanted to, cause there's always something to be doing, especially running your own business. Um, so I do try to set myself like, you know, hard boundaries of like, okay, you know, you're getting off your computer at, you know, five or six o'clock, depending on the day of what it looks like. Um, and then putting my phone on like, do not disturb and all that kind of stuff and setting those boundaries for myself too. So. Yeah, I love that. And I just thought it would be super interesting just to like see what a day in the life of like you would look like and just like the different aspects of your like schedule. Cause I think people can like follow you on Instagram and just like assume that like all you do is like put out content, but you obviously have like, yeah. like you're meeting with like your pay or not patients, your clients. Clients, um, yeah. And then doing like the planning part of your like social media posting. And so I just thought that was super cool. Yeah, I think a lot of people just see like content creators. Which I guess you could like classify me as like you just get to live this best life and all you do is just post a picture every once in a while. It's like, no, it's like I work a nine to five every single day. You know, I get up, like I attend my like I attend my clients every single day. If they have questions, they need everything. You know, some clients they need a new program, so I'd be writing their new program. Um, you know, some I'm setting up phone calls with and taking calls with them on the day. So it just again, it varies from day to day, but there's always something that I'm doing every single day, you know, depending on what it is, maybe I get a new client. So now we have to set up their whole program and go on an onboarding call and set up their nutrition and set up their workouts and everything. So it's, it's a constant, again, just like a normal, you know, nine to five thing. And that all the behind the scenes that people don't see. And then on top of that, like making sure I'm on my stories, I am <laughs> posting content, you know, continuously. It's like the smallest part of what I do is posting on Instagram. You know what I mean? That's like, I don't know, an hour of my day. If like you were to add up all my stories and like me posting, I mean, it doesn't take up a super big chunk of my day. It's mainly being, you know, being there for my clients and doing everything that they need on their end. So 
Yeah. So I'm glad that you kind of like touched on that because it's a big misconception with content creators. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I wish people knew more of that, but I don't know. People just want to believe what they want to believe. And you know, that's okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but going into the next question, it's so if you could go back and tell your college self one thing, what would you say and why? I know it's kind of like a loaded question, but <laughs> no, I was actually thinking about this and I was like, okay, let me like niche it down to like fitness wise. And like if I go like think about and I'm assuming, do you like, do you mean that question in regards to like fitness and, and health and nutrition and all that, or just like in general, like college you could take it either way. I mean, maybe one for fitness and then maybe one for like academics or just like overall college experience if you want to. Yeah. I, I have answers for both those. So for like fitness, it was, it's like, you're doing way too much slow <laughs> down. I work out every day. I would run seven, eight miles every day. And then after that, go and lift weights for an hour. So I was working out easily two, two and a half hours every single day, eating absolutely nothing, like a thousand calories. If I could, like, I was just like, I was my journey with like my body health and fitness was probably the worst in college. Um, so if anything, it would be to like to go back and be like, you can eat bread. It's okay. You know, like you need to be eating more food. Like you need to stop you don't need to be working out this much. Like you're just, you just want to be the smallest version of yourself. And the smallest version of yourself is not the happiest version of yourself. And so I did basically, that would be the biggest thing I go back and tell and tell myself fitness wise, just like one, you're doing way too much. And like, you need to be eating a little bit more, not even a little bit more, a lot more. Um, and then just like in general, I feel like I, was so head down. And I feel like this kind of opposite of maybe people will get advice, but I was so head down in my studies all the time. I just never made time just to enjoy being in college. I was, I finished college in three years because I wanted to be done so quickly and so fast that I would take classes during the summer. I took them over winter break, my winter break. I want to say my junior, I guess maybe year three. Um, I took 12 hours in a Christmas semester. That is crazy. So I took a entire semester's worth of hours in four weeks, essentially, because I was so done being in college. I was just, I just want to get out of school. And I've always been that way. Like I graduated high school in three years. I graduated college in three years. I was go, 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 go. Because I was like, I'm tired of being in school. I just want to be done with school. I think I burnt myself out with that. And I would love to have like, I don't know, like gone, you know, I went to church when I was there in AM. Um, gosh, I can't even remember the name of the church, but like getting involved with with the church and like creating fellowship and like having friends and going to gatherings and like enjoying my time in college. Like I never really truly enjoyed my time in college. So for anyone that's listening to this and they're just like very, very like studies driven, like absolutely your academics are important. You should do your absolute best. You should say no to certain social outings because you have to study absolutely. But like don't if I had to go back and tell myself, it'd be like just in stop trying to get it done in three years, let it take four years. So you can actually enjoy hanging out with people. I can tell you, I mean, like, I don't know, just like, uh, I was part of, um, what's the Christian phylum, the Christian sorority that was at, at, at A&M phylum. Are you familiar with them at all? I think I've heard of them. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I was a part of like a Christian sorority when I was there. And, um, I just like, I ended up dropping out because I was like, I have enough time to get all my stuff done. It's like, I just wish I had enjoyed it. So I know it's like a long, I'm like talking on this forever, but I think I just didn't enjoy my college experience. And it's like, you know, I wish I had just really taken the time to slow down, taken maybe like 12 hours every single semester, gotten time with friends and not just like burnt myself out in school. I think I, it, ultimately that's why I didn't end up going to PA schools because like, I was like, I need a break. I need to work. And I can't imagine going back to school because of how 
you know, focus. I was in my studies. I was like, I can't do that to myself again. I mean, it all works out for a reason because here I am now getting to do fitness coaching and who knows if I'd be here, if I hadn't have burned myself out like that. I'm so happy I am here where I am. Um, but man, I just like really just pushed myself. And that's probably my biggest regret is that I didn't enjoy, get to enjoy just college, you know, yeah. that time of my life. Yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Honestly, I struggled with like more like putting my worth in academics, like at the beginning of high school. And so I kind of started getting better, like towards end of high school. And then I feel like I'm in a good place now, but it is true. If you like place like all your like worth or you like just focus like solely on your academics and don't allow time for like friends or anything else, then you're going to get burned out and it's going to be hard for you to enjoy your time for sure. Yeah. And I think why I didn't get burned out in high school first is so with being uh, in a co-op, like a homeschool co-op, you only go to school two days a week. Oh, wow. And so I would only go to school Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so when I go to school on Tuesdays, I would spend the whole next day. So you go basically to school, you learn your studies, you get your homework for the whole week on Wednesdays. I would just spend the entire day doing all of my homework for the entire week that I got on Tuesday on Wednesday and then Thursday, I would spend all day Friday. And so I at least got Saturday, Sunday, Monday, to kind of hang out and chill because I'd get everything done. Well, when you're in college, it's not like that. You have a lot more work. You're going to class, you know, some, you know, sometimes classes, you know, once a week for some classes, it's twice a week, depending on whatever class it is. And so you just, you can't do that. You can't push everything into one day. So I took the approach from uh, high school, transferred it to college. And I don't think it obviously didn't work very well for me, but you know, and it, it can't change it, but I, you know, that would be the biggest thing I would, I would take back just like slow down and enjoy things a little bit more. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason, <laughs> but yeah. going back to what you said, um, your fitness piece of advice, I also love that because I think it's super easy, like in the college environment to, for girls to like, think they have to like work out like a whole, whole bunch and like eat as little as possible because they're like looking at other girls and thinking they have to like maintain this like perfect image. So I like yeah. that you, and I, obviously like you said, you struggled with that as well. Um, but that's super important just for people to understand. And even though it's like very difficult in college. Yeah. And I feel like people just like get so down them for gaining like the the freshman 15 that everyone calls it. It's like, it's okay. You know what I mean? You're, you, you just transferred out of like being at home where all your meals were probably perfectly planned. Like you, you had the same breakfast every single day, your mom probably packed your lunch and then she made dinner. So you never had to really think about what you ate. And then you transition now being fully on your own. Like it's okay that it happened, you know? And so now you can take a step back and be like, okay, like I gained 15 pounds. It's not the end of the world. I'm not going to die from gaining 15 pounds or whatever it may, you know, your thought process may be. It's like, okay, let me take a little bit of control of that. Let me start incorporating more vegetables in my life and more fruit. And let me actually assess my hunger cues. Am I actually hungry? Am I just bored? You know? And if I am, it's like, okay, well maybe I'll go for a walk because like, I'm, I just wanted a snack, but if I think about it, I'm not actually really hungry. So I'll go for a walk. And if I'm still, you know, feeling my way after a walk, maybe I'll grab like a tea or something and just kind of sip on it or whatever it may be, or it's like, um, you know, just practicing good habits and, and, and giving yourself a little bit of grace and understanding, like, there's a reason it happened and it's okay that it happened. I think everyone is like, I can't believe this happened to me. And it's like, well, it makes sense. Like, just look, just look back at it. You know what I mean? It makes sense why it happens to people and it's nothing to be ashamed of. And I think a lot of people get ashamed of that. And it's just like, you just get back on track, you know? Yeah. Just not making it like more of a big deal than it has to be. Cause I think like, especially college students, like we tend to re- overreact uh, when like certain things happen, but really learning to manage your emotions and just look at like, ju- not justify it, but know that it's like justifiable. If that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. But like, just being able to say like, 
okay, the reason that I was tired is because I went to bed at 2 AM. You know what I mean? Like we're not justifying why you're tired. We're just saying like, there's a reason like, and it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like if you go to 2 AM and you have to wake up at 6 AM, don't be mad that you're tired. Why? Like you went to bed at 2 AM. So it's kind of the same thing. It's like with, you know, if you gain the freshman 15, it's like, well, don't be mad. Like just realize like X, Y, Z happened. And so now you can start to going to bed a little bit earlier and we can, you know, we can address those issues that you have. So, you know, I just, I think people just are a lot harder on themselves than they, they need to be. And, um, it's like, we're, it's like people want to act like we're not human and, and give ourselves some slack for things. And it's like, things are going to happen. Life is going to ebb and flow and realizing that's okay. Yeah. I love that. And I think that that'll help a lot of people listening. Cause a lot of my audience is like college students. And so I think they'll take a lot from that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then the next question I have for you is about tracking calories. So I just wanted to kind of hear your opinion on whether you think that someone has to track calories, like to be healthy or like live a healthy lifestyle. Do you think that's a good way to like start um, living a healthy lifestyle? Or is that just like for people who want to lose weight? Um, just kind of like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I think it, at first, like, how do you define what a healthy lifestyle is? Like is a healthy lifestyle for you just like eating more fruits and vegetables? No, you absolutely don't need to track calories to get more fruits and vegetables. in. if healthy lifestyle for you is like, okay, you know, maybe you're significantly overweight for you to have a healthier lifestyle and have a healthier body. You do need to lose some, some body fat. I think tracking can be very, very helpful. Um, and that's kind of where I'll dive into where, you know, you do not have to track to lose weight at, at all. Just like you don't have to track your finances to save money. However, it can be very, very, very helpful to track and having a plan, you know, just like saving money. If you were like, okay, I'm going to allot this much money to going out to eat. I'm going to allot this much money to um, buying clothes every single month. So every single month I have a surplus amount of money of $100. So I can save $100 every single month. Well, if you track it that way, you'll be like, okay, so in 12 months, I'll have $1,200. Boom. Like you have a plan, you know how to execute it. You're going to get there. When you decide to not track, it's like, okay, I have to be in a calorie deficit in order to lose weight. Um, so I'm going to, or let's, let's even go back to the, to the money example first. If you're like, okay, I need to save $1,200 in a year. So I'm going to stop getting my morning Starbucks. I'm going to stop buying clothes and I'm going to cut my grocery bill in half, whatever that may be. And so you stop getting your morning Starbucks, you don't buy clothes anymore and you start spending, you know, half on your grocery bill, but you don't know what that is because you don't track your groceries. So you're just thinking you, you spend half, you know? But instead you then go and spend more money going out to friends, getting, you know, getting dinner with them, you know, spending more. So it's like, you could be saving money, but there's a real way to know because the money that you were saving from not getting Starbucks every single morning, you could be then buying a snack for yourself every single afternoon. And you're not realizing that $5 just got transferred and it never was been saving. So not to say the people who are like, Hey, I'm going to stop eating out. Doesn't mean you are not going to save money. Just like if you're like, Hey, I'm just not going to eat out anymore because we know that when you tend to go out to eat foods that you're eating out about are going to be a little bit more calorically dense that if you cut out going out to eat, not only can you save money, but you also could potentially lose weight. So can you lose weight without tracking your calories? Absolutely. Do you know if you're going to hit again, just like tracking money, but do you know if you're going to save $1,200 at the end of the year, if you don't track your, you don't. So you have to be a little bit more realistic with yourself. Okay. I'm not going to track my calories tracking calories. I don't enjoy it. I don't want to do it, but then you need to have realistic expectations. Like, okay, I'm not going to track my calories. So I'm not going to know if I'm in a deficit. If I don't see, you know, weight loss in, you know, a month or so, like I have to be like, okay, for probably those past four weeks, I wasn't in a deficit. 
let me try to, you know, start incorporating more fruits into my diet or something like that. And maybe I'm gonna, you have to have a lot more patience with yourself and you may or may not hit the goal that you have in the year span that you have. So I, I don't, I hope that explained kind of like my view. And I think it'd be very, very helpful. I'm very much pro tracking calories because I would rather say, Hey, here's my plan. Let me execute my plan. I want to get here by X date, execute it and be done versus guessing all the time of, Hey, am I eating a deficit? Am I not? But then again, I understand for everyone, like not everyone wants to track and that's not the best way. And for some people living a healthier lifestyle and maybe losing some weight is simply saying, Hey, in every single meal, I'm going to focus on a protein. I'm going to focus on a veggie and a fruit. And if you just make those simple changes, you may automatically put yourself into a calorie deficit and you may start to lose weight. Um, it's just not a foolproof, sure way of making sure you're in a deficit, but some people can be. So I don't know if you had any specific thoughts on my viewpoint on that or, or calorie tracking or anything like that. I love that like perspective. I've never heard it like explained like that, like with finances and stuff. I thought that was super cool for me. I mean, I've never tracked my calories per se, but it's because I've never really like tried to lose weight. I was just, my goal has always been just to like live healthily. And I just struggle with like, um, an eating disorder to where like, I would just like, like try to eat like the same thing every day and stuff like that. I just had to like cut out like that tracking part, but I do think yeah. like if you're trying to lose weight, then it's definitely, it would definitely be beneficial to like, know cause you were like what, how much calories you're intaking and then how much you exercise, obviously like, it's just science. You have to yeah. like lose weight. You have to like, two plus two plus four. it's literally, an, it's literally a, um, energy balance equation is what it is. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, for me, it just depends on, I guess, like your personality, your personal goals, like. Yeah. For me right now, I'm not trying to lose weight, but let's say I was trying to, then I would probably go with tracking calories. And it's not just because like, not in like a self like defeating way, just because that's just like what it is in order to. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. And I think you bring a great point in like, if you've had a previous eating disorder, like where are you at in your journey? Are you able to start? Cause you know, are you able to start tracking again? Like you have to weigh those things of like where you're previously coming from, because a lot of people who do have eating disorders, they find that really, really triggering to be tracking because then it starts those habits again. But some people, they have an eating disorder and they actually, I've had certain clients where they actually found a lot of peace in that because they have, it's a way that they have control and they don't necessarily go into a whole, you know, eating disorder episode again. They're just like, Oh, I like this because two plus two equals four. And so, because I know that it actually brings a lot of sense of calmness to me because I know it's, it's, it's science and it's a math equation. So again, you have to kind of evaluate where you are in your journey and what's going to work best for you. But if you have been on that route where you're just like, okay, I'm going to eat, you know, clean per se. And I don't know what your feelings are on the word clean, but like, I don't particularly like the words clean. Cause that means that other things are dirty and it creates this like negative, positive relationship with food. And so maybe you go down this path. like, I'm only going to eat clean food. And you've been doing that for one, two, three years and you're not losing weight. Okay. Maybe it's time to reassess. Obviously that's not working for you where you add in fruits and veggies and you're able to be in a calorie deficit. Maybe what you're doing is during the week, you're eating fruits and veggies. You're focusing on a protein. You're trying to get all your micronutrients in, but on the weekend you go out and you just you know, don't even care. You just eat whatever you want as much as you want. And that could easily be throwing you back out of a deficit. And so I think it's really helpful for people to track if you, if you're, you know, have been previous in the past one or two years, been stuck there. Um, and I think a lot of time for two, for people who don't track. And again, this is to everyone who's different for some people who don't track. Um, they think that they have to eat this clean 
diet all the time and think that they can't have a cookie every once in a while. And it's like, no, like something that's really cool about tracking that how my clients are like, wait, so if I just stay in a deficit, I can have this cookie and still lose weight. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have my salmon with my broccoli. And then tonight I'm gonna enjoy three cookies and a glass of milk. You know what I mean? They get so excited for it. So I think for a lot of people, like tracking can actually be really freeing, but then for a lot of people it can be triggering. So it's like being really, really, I think if whatever direction you're going to go within your journey, again, you know, you can count your calories for weight gain too. If you're trying to put on muscle or you're trying to get to a healthy amount of weight, um, and again, it depends what your goals are, uh, but going down that road and just making sure you're really, really honest with yourself and saying, Hey, is this triggering into some disordered habits, disordered eating, uh, and, and being honest and realistic with, with your journey in the process of that. Yeah, I completely agree. It just really depends on like where you are, like what your personal goals are as a person. And I, I don't like when like influencers or like fitness people though, like say that like so just like automatically labels like counting calories as like toxic or like negative when it just yeah. depends on like what your goals are and like if it's triggering yeah. for you if it's not um so yeah. I like that you're like open to like both aspects like counting calories or not um yeah I, I love to tell this I have a friend one of my best friends uh her dad has you know a weight range that he likes to sit at it's the one he feels best at if his clothes fit well. And every time he gets to, he starts to go above that range and he gets a little bit, you know, maybe five or 10 pounds heavier than that range that he's in. He cuts out his blue ball ice cream that he has every single night and he switches to diet drinks. So instead of drinking a normal Gatorade, he switches to Gatorade zero. He drops the weight, he gets back into his range and he switches back to having his, his blue bell in his uh, regular Gatorade again. Now he, he kind of eventually swings back up. He kind of yo-yos back and forth because of that, but it's just a really good example of how cutting cert- just certain things, whether it's cutting out foods or adding in fruits and vegetables, you do not have to track your calories to lose weight. You know what I mean? It could really be like, I don't think a lot of people realize like, I love Starbucks. I absolutely enjoy Starbucks, but some of those drinks are 500 calories. Cutting out that one drink could easily put you into a calorie deficit. And that's all you would have to do is cut out your morning Starbucks. You would start to lose weight. And so I think, you know, again, that's where maybe some tracking can come in helpful is maybe track your food for a week, see where like your heaviest things are. You're like, oh, my morning vanilla frappuccino is 700 calories. I'm actually just going to cut that out. I won't track anymore. I'll just cut that out and see what happens. So very, very open to both aspects. It's just, you have to be realistic with yourself, just like your finances. If you're not going to look at your, not going to budget your finances, you cannot expect to save $1,200 by the end of the year. If you're not going to even know where, what you're cutting, how much you're cutting out, what you're adding in to help save money. You just have to be very, very more, you have to be more patient. And I'm, as long as you can be patient with yourself and understand it is a calorie balance at the end of the day, what works, not you eating clean food or whatever that I'm all for, you know, you not tracking your calories and just doing what's best for you. And I think to your good points, like, I think that goes back to why my first point was, what are your goals? Like for you, you just want to live your best. Like you're not overweight. You're not underweight. You're at a great weight. It, it seems like from, you know, your size and everything like that, obviously I know exactly like your size and all that, but <laughs> it seems like you're at a healthy weight. Um, and you're, you know, you don't struggle with that. You don't struggle with, it sounds like the overeating or the undereating. You just want to live your best life and eat as nutritiously as you can and have what life brings you. So it's all going to be different for different people. And it's like at right now in this point of your life, you don't need to be tracking. You know what I mean? And like the goal is even with all my clients, I don't want them to be tracking forever. I want them and with all my clients. I do have them track. Um, if someone was ever not wanting to track, I'm obviously open to that, but all of them track. 
And they, again, if they have a weight loss goal, they lose weight. Um, and then after that, we're like, okay, now let's start to maintain our weight. Let's see what maintaining our weight looks like. Let's learn how to balance going out into a social event, understanding our hunger cues. Cause at the end of the day, I want you one to maintain the progress that you make and two be able to not have to track because you understand what being full feels like you understand, Hey, if you are full, you can always get more food later. You don't have to eat everything. Now you don't have to binge on Christmas and binge on Thanksgiving. Cause guess what? You can have pumpkin pie whenever you want. You don't have to wait till Christmas to have it because it's this, it's this dirty food, you know? And so I think that's something I really like. Just, I don't, I don't want people to have to track for the rest of their life. I think you should find the balance of where do you sit at weight wise, where you're most comfortable, but you also can live your best life and finding that balance. And I think a lot of time, like your leanest life is not going to be your best life. A lot of the influence that you follow that look the way you want to look, you would never probably want to live the life that they live because the way that they live to look that way is not how you would want to live. And so it's like keeping in mind, like those people are that lean because they probably, again, not everyone, they probably don't have a big social life. They probably cook most of their meals at home. X, Y, Z, whatever you want to put in there. And that's maybe not your best life. You want to go out to eat more. You want to go be with your friends more and do that. And so therefore you're going to weigh a little bit more than probably you'd like, but you get to enjoy your life more and finding that balance and accepting that. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, whenever I was at my smallest, um, like I was struggling with the eating disorder and I was not happy at all. So that just goes to show like weight is not your leanest life or your smallest life was not your best life. And like, I'm sitting here, I think about when I was in college and eating nothing, I'm 20 pounds heavier than I was then. And it's like, I was miserable then. And it's like, I could not be more confident and happier now. If you told me back then that my best life and the most confident I would be, I will be 20 pounds heavier. I'd be like, you're crazy. I'm going to be, I'm going to look terrible 20 pounds heavier, you know, but it's like going through that. I'm sure you've experienced that too. Like you just don't know that until you go through it. Um, and I hope anyone listening, like you don't have to go through that to realize, and you can't kind of take our advice and, and heed that and understand that it's not, um, but sometimes it takes going through that rock bottom to realize like, wow, what was I doing? You know? Yes, I completely agree. Whenever I was at like my lowest, I actually ended up with a stress fracture because I was like over exercising and under eating. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was very bad. So I ended up like, I formed like a terrible relationship with like sports and athletics, I ended up quitting like a bunch of that. Um, and then it took that. And then eventually I like started eating more, gained the weight back. But now since I like went through that, then now I want to be like a registered dietitian, majoring in nutrition. So I kind of like, I see why God like let me go through that so that I could be where I am today. Um, of course, yeah. I don't want other people to go through that. That's why yeah. I'm like, trying to, um, help people, yeah. but I see the reason for it. And although it was hard, I am grateful for it, but now I'm just kind of using like my story to like help others. Hopefully I feel the same way. I'm like, man, I wish I didn't have to go through this and I don't want anyone else to go through this, but I'm like, I wouldn't be able to preach and talk about the things I talk about today. If I hadn't have gone through it, not saying that everyone needs to go through that. If like, if you're wanting to be a personal trainer, like you need to go through an eating disorder to be able to rate to people you don't. Um, but there's definitely experiences. You don't have to have an eating disorder to have an experience where you either developed a bad relationship with food or, you know, you had, you overtrained or whatever it may be to be able to help others. Um, you know, I was never, you know, obese or super overweight. Doesn't mean I can't relate to my clients and the struggles that they go through of binging or, you know, seeing food as bad or whatever that may be, there's going to have a little bit of a different experience. And I can still resonate with that. And then learn from them too, of asking them questions of like, you know, there was a, a, a client of mine the other day, not the other day, probably a few months ago, she was like, you know, I really struggle to work out because I can't find any cute 
workout clothes. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, activewear clothes don't have my size. I was like, I never thought about that. Like I've never been in a situation where I went to an activewear brand and I was shopping and I couldn't find my size. And she was like, so I, she's like, I basically have to pay like twice the amount of money to go to these other activewear brands because they carry my size. And she's like, and the other fear is like, as I lose weight, like I'm not going to fit in these anymore. I'm like, that's something I've never experienced. And something I learned is like, okay, some people have a hard time getting to the gym because they actually don't have access to fitness wear. They'll even fit them. And so then it's like, okay, well, maybe I'll just go in sweats and maybe they're embarrassed to go. Sorry, my cat's going in front of the screen. <laughs> maybe they're embarrassed to go and sweat to the gym and they don't have active wear. And I was like, that's a really cool insight that I got to learn that I never experienced and went through. So you can learn a lot through from people when you talk to them and you connect with them and, and communicate that kind of stuff with them. Yeah, for sure. I, I've never thought about that either. That would definitely be a struggle. So yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah. sure you learn like a whole bunch of stuff, like with all your clients, like all the different stories. I think that would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It, it's been, it's really, I mean, like I can teach my clients a lot of things, but I learned so much from them. A lot of my clients have really, really good insight into their journey of why they did X, Y, Z. We always like every week on our check-ins, like, you know, if they had something they really struggled with, it's like, okay, let's sit down. Like I never see anything. You can't fail in life. It's either you succeeded or it's a learning opportunity. And so I always want my clients to see like, Hey, if you didn't hit your protein goal, or you didn't go get any of your workouts in this week, you didn't fail. This is now a learning opportunity. Why do we need to grow up getting our workouts this week? Oh, well, I didn't, did you plan any of your workouts? No, I didn't schedule any of my workouts. Oh, well, did you, um, you know, do you have any time for workouts or whatever? It's like, yeah, I have time. It's like, okay, well next week let's schedule them. Okay. And then the next week they schedule them and they still don't get in. It's like, okay, we schedule them. Did you, you know, I don't know, X, Y, Z. I'm trying to think of like an excuse that they could, that someone could have for it, but it's like, okay, did you prioritize them and treat them as like an appointment? Like you would treat like your dentist appointment or your hair appointment. Well, no, Okay. Let's, you know, reassessing that. So it's like, you slowly will learn over time. It's like, as long as you can take, try and learn from every opportunity, you will never have the, you will never fail. So always looking at stuff when something happens, don't, you know, beat yourself up for it, up over it, or think that you're a failure. Just see how can I learn from what just happened and reassessing that and, and what just happened. Yeah. I love that perspective. And even like, that's true, like in fitness and like eating healthy, but also in just life in general, that there's no, like everything's just a learning experience, not necessarily failure. Cause that's just like, I don't know, such a defeating word. I hate it. (laughs) Yeah. A failure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, I feel like putting the word failure does nothing, but it doesn't, it doesn't help you. You know what I mean? Like I, I was, when, when clients will get upset about something, I'm like, okay, what does being upset about this do for you? Like, does it help you get the next workout in? Does it help you hit your protein? No. What is it doing? It's making you feel terrible about yourself. It's making you not want to go work out tomorrow. So I put a, why don't we twist this and say, you didn't fail. You now have a learning opportunity and how can we learn from that? So changing that negative outlook on things is like being negative. I, of course it's, there's nothing wrong with being sad or being upset, but be upset and be like, okay, being upset is not going to help me with my goals. It's not going to push me further to my goals. How can I now reassess this in a more positive light? So now I can be pushed more and, and be more successful. Yes, that's so true. One thing my mom always tells me is like, feel your feelings, but then like, don't stay there. Like move on from there, like learn from it. Exactly. Go on, at the end of the day, it's not going to help you reach your goals, but of yeah. course, don't like deny them, but don't stay there. Like I said, yeah, I would literally just got off the call with um, someone who's going to start doing coaching with me. 
And she was like, you know, I've just felt really, really sad and depressed over the last like, you know, few months. And I was like, and that's totally fine. And you know, it's okay. And she's like, I felt really guilty about it. I was like, you shouldn't like, it's okay that you felt sad. I was like, but you have two options in life. You either can feel sad and do nothing about it, or you can feel sad and make moves that will move you forward. I was like, either way, you're going to be sad. So that's (laughs) inevitable. So what are you going to do? Are you going to sit there in sadness, which is hard? Or are you going to be sad and move forward? I go both directions are hard because you're either stagnant and still and not doing anything about it, which is hard to sit in, or you're sad and you're having to, to put discipline in the place to move yourself forward. Either way is going to be hard. So might as well take, to take the action that's going to move you forward in life. And she's like, oh yeah, you know, that's a good point. And it's like kind of having those realizations is what's so fun with working with clients. It's like you, you get them to think about things in different perspective. They never did having that outside looking in, they would never think about before. Yes, for sure. Choose your heart because they're both hard. So you just got to choose which one, hopefully choose. Yeah. And I know a lot of people will like, a lot of people will like, Hey, I'm not quoting and be like, well, it, it, that, that's a luxury. Just to be able to choose your heart. And it's like, okay, you get what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like I get it. Like, you know, you have kids or, you know, you, you have, you work two jobs where I'm not saying like, that's not hard or whatever, but it's like, you know, you either can, you either can figure out how to change things in life to be better for your goals. Again, baby steps. If you have worked two jobs, don't go work out five days a week, work out once a week and figure out how you can slowly fit things. And maybe you work out on Mondays and you work out on Saturdays and Sundays because you don't work on the weekends. Great. Awesome. And figure out how you can work that into your best life. I think everyone looks at like fitness influence or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, she work out, works out five times a week. She's XYZ protein. It's like, she doesn't have your life. You need to figure out what's going to work best for your life. And then you can improve on there. And once you can work out one time a week consistently, then move it to two. Once you can do two consistently, then move it to three. I have a lot of girls that will come to me and they want to work out five days a week. And I'm like, well, can you consistently work out five days a week? And they're like, I'll try to make it happen. It's like, no, 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 no. What can you commit to now? They're like, I can absolutely get in three days a week. I was like, perfect. We're doing three days a week because that's what you can commit to. And that's what you can realistically do. If we want to move up to four, awesome. But I want you to consistently get three, three workouts in every single week. And if you can do that for like two, three weeks, I will consider giving you a fourth day. The second I see you not getting four the fourth day, you're just getting three days again. We might as well go back to three days because there's no reason for you to do four if you can't make four, you know? So not to go off on a tangent about it, but it's just like, I think people need to really focus on, okay, like take a look at your life and assess what's going to work the best for your life. And that that doesn't mean that stuff's not going to be hard and you have to make sacrifices. There are sacrifices in anything in life. Um, all, all of life is this weighing of, um, you know, sacrifices and pros and cons and everything there, there is a sacrifice to anything in life. So Yes. And that's, you know, whether you decide if you don't want to work out and be active and be healthy, the sacrifice is, is 50 years down the road, you're probably going to be in hospitals and paying for that in medical bills. The sacrifice of prioritizing your fitness and your health and your nutrition now is probably gonna have to say no to some things. You're probably gonna have to go work out when you don't feel like it. You're probably going to have to eat your vegetables because you're an adult and you need to eat your vegetables, even though you may not enjoy vegetables. Like there is sacrifice and give and take to everything in life. And some of it's prolonged and later in life. And some of it's earlier on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. One quote that I like, it's it's like everything worthwhile is uphill. And I think that's so true. It it's going to be, it's just an uphill battle, especially with like nutrition, exercise, all that stuff. And then I also going back to like consistency. Um, I saw this other quote that was like short-term or long-term consistency beats short-term intensity. So what you can do in the long-term will be like what you can do in the short term. thousand freaking percent. Absolutely. People are trying to go like, 
okay, it's January 1st. Like I'm going to lose 30 pounds in 12 weeks. And it's like, but you won't, that you, 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 first of all, you're not gonna be consistent. You know what I mean? It's just like, like, yeah, I could not, I preach that all the freaking time. Could not agree more with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think people mistaken like consistency with being perfect because consistency doesn't mean that you are a hundred percent perfect all the time. It means that uh, I like to say, as far as like success and consistency is you are, you are giving a hundred percent effort with the situation that you're dealt with. The situation you're dealt with is you're going out of town. You know, you're not going to have access to a gym. You're getting a hundred percent effort. If you don't have access to a gym and you can't work out, that's hundred percent effort right there. You can't change the situation that you're in. You know what I mean? But something you could do, you know, if you're going out of town is I want you to go enjoy the pina colada, enjoy the pizza. I want you to enjoy that, but listen to your hunger cues, try and get protein when you can, you know, making things, but you're giving hundred percent with the situation that you're given and hundred percent changes with the situation that you have, you know, depending if you have kids or if you don't have kids, you're in college, you're not in college, whatever that may be. It doesn't look the same for everyone. Yes, I completely agree. Different for everyone. Um, and so going into the next question is just like, so you said that you you enjoy like strength training. So would you say that's like your favorite way to work out? And like, what would you like? Cause I don't really have like a lot of experience with like strength training. So like, what is your like workout split, I guess, or like, how do you go about doing that? Like, or what would you yeah. recommend for beginners or just general? Yeah. So I am very much pro strength training, love strength training. I think it carries through to our, your daily life. I think it's the fountain of youth. You know, as you get older, you're, you know, you slowly move, lose muscle over time with being women, you have osteoporosis, your bone density. And so strength training is not only going to be good for you now, but you know, I, I honestly, I want to be able to sit myself on my own toilet for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Like people may see strength training as like, Oh, you're just like moving around this heavy weight. It's like, you know, I might be squatting, but like I squat, I squatted right now to sit in this chair to get on this podcast with you. I squatted when I went pee right before I got on here, I squatted down when I picked up my cat, you know, I squatted on you're squatting all the time. So these movements that I don't think people realize, it's just like this stuff carries forever into your life. And then as you get older, you start to lose muscle, you start to lose bone density. And so that makes sure that you can maintain the muscle so that we can still do these movements day to day. So I'm very, very much pro strength training. I think doing, you know, being active in general, is just super, super awesome. But I think strength training is even, is even more important just so that way you can do things for us your life. I, I, the other day, and I said this on, um, Janine's podcast was on there the other day is I went on a trip with my mom and, um, she was putting her 30 pound carry on bag into the overhead compartment and she couldn't lift it herself. And she doesn't really do a lot of strength training. And I had that conversation with her. I was like, mom, you really need to start doing strength training. She's like, I don't want to get all big and bulky. And I was like, I get that. First of all, if you want to get big and bulky, you have to intentionally train that way and intentionally eat that way. So don't worry, you're not going to. <laughs> and two, I just want you to be able to put in the carry on in the overhead compartment on your own for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Like you had, to, I had to help you. It's like, we should at least incorporate strength training into your daily life. So that way you can put your carry on into the offering apartment on your own that weighs 30 pounds. If you were to fall down, you can always pick yourself back up. If my dad was to fall down that she could lift him up or help him up. You know what I mean? Again, he's not to that stage where he's falling down and can't get up himself, but all those things really play function in your life. And so I think it's really important. And like things people don't think about is how strength training will play a part in the rest of your life. And so if you're just getting started, I mean, not that, Obviously, like I, 
have an education and stuff and I see things on Instagram and I cringe and I'm like, that's not the best way to do it. But at the end of the day, just do what's going to get you started. If that's finding a Pinterest workout, do it. If that's downloading an app that has workouts on it, do it. If that is, I'm trying to think of something else you could do. I don't know. You watch some girl in the gym and you write down her workout and you go start repeating that, do that. Whatever gets you in the door, go to F45 or go start doing CrossFit, whatever gets you in the door, do that. And then from there, once you get more comfortable, then you can dive into being like, okay, I'm going to follow people like myself. I'm going to my own <laughs> horn that are showing proper form or telling you how to, you know, exercise or, or giving you more guidance in those ways. But don't there's, um, what's the, the phrase I'm looking for. There's, um, when, when I don't know what the, the right phrase for it is, but a lot of people want to be so perfect in what they do that they never take action ever. And so it's like, don't, don't think about like, Oh, I have to go in the gym. I have to perfectly perform this exercise and pick up the perfect weight because you waiting so long to make sure everything's perfect just makes it so you take less time to get into the gym. So just go on Pinterest, look up a workout, go do it. And when you're ready to move forward, you can contact me. I'll write you a workout plan. You know what I mean? And, and we'll move forward from there. Um, but just start is like my biggest advice for someone who wants to get started start in strength training. There's plenty of videos online. Again, I'm sure there's some videos I have issue with, but for the most part, you're going to get some of the basic pointers, um, of how to perform an exercise and you at least hopefully won't hurt yourself. Um, so go into the gym with a plan, look up a Pinterest workout, find someone on Instagram. You really like save one of their workouts. There's plenty of girls on Instagram posting Instagram workouts. Again, some of the stuff I disagree with, but again, I just want you to get started on strength training. If that's something that you want to do, you know, that's such great advice, especially like going into like perfectionism and just how that can be like a huge, like cause of like procrastination and all of that. Yes. So I love what you said about that. Um, and then well, I think it would go same to the nutrition. It's like, we're saying someone to start nutrition. It's like, people can get really overwhelmed with nutrition. It's like, just start putting a vegetable in every single meal, like maybe throw some, I don't know if some people are liking vegetables for breakfast, but it's like, I don't know, throw some like sweet potatoes in at breakfast and at lunch, do broccoli. And then in the evening, do some cauliflower, like just start really simple. You know, it might not be the most perfect thing, but at least you're doing something, you know? Yeah. Small steps will definitely add up in the long run. And everyone has a day one. I mean, you have to start from somewhere. Yeah. I think for a long time, like when I was trying to be better about eating vegetables, I was like, okay, I need to get a vegetable at every single meal. I felt so bad because I wasn't doing that. I was like, let me take a step back. Let me just focus on getting a vegetable at one meal. And once I can do one meal, then I'll graduate to two. And then once I can do two, then I can graduate to three meals. And then I can try and do maybe, you know, two different vegetables at one meal and then graduating to that. So again, letting that perfectionism keep you from taking any kind of action. Yes, for sure. Completely agree. Um, and then the last question that I have for you is just about like balance in life, which we've touched on a little bit, but like, how do you personally implement like balance into your life? Um, just like with work, with your own fitness goals, um, how do you do that? Yeah, this is a hard question to answer because I feel like there's so many different facets where you can take to that. But I think I always, and I, you know, talked about this probably a couple of minutes ago, just making sure that one I'm doing what's best for my life and living my best life. Um, you know, taking a step back where if I have a week where I was like, okay, I was really, really overwhelmed that week, almost where I was like in tears. Why was I that way? Oh, I was on my phone till 11 PM, you know, doing work or whatever that may be. Maybe I should start sending boundaries. And so I think at the end of every week, really assessing, like, how did my week go? How did I feel at the end of the day and saying, okay, where can I make small tweaks or try certain things? I think now I've tweaked things and tried certain things. I think one thing to kind of lean into balance is like, you know, a lot of people, when it comes to nutrition, 
you know, if it's, if they don't, if it's not in their pantry, they're not tempted to eat it. And I did that for a long time where it's like, Oh, fruit is nature's candy, which I mean, sure it is whatever. Uh, but for me, it was like, I would try to not eat the cookie for so long. And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go eat strawberries. I'm going to have blueberries. I'm going to have raspberries. I'm going to have an apple. I ended up eating like 800 calories in fruit where I could just have the freaking cookie for a hundred calories and moved on. And so I think assessing and remembering that everyone's balance is not going to be your balance. And I had to assess it like, I've been following this advice for so long where if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And for me, that wasn't the case. It's like, when I have cravings, I have to honor those cravings. So when I want a cookie, I make two cookies. I get myself a glass of milk. I have the milk. I have the cookies. I move on with my day and I have salmon and vegetables or whatever that may be. And later in the evening. And so I find that balance. And so I think really making sure that you're looking at your life and what's balanced for your life. But then also understanding like when you're making excuses versus when you need to be a little bit more uncomfortable and push yourself. Cause I think a lot of people get stuck in that, like, Oh no, I need to not work out this entire week because that's the best for my mental health. It's like, no, okay. Let's, it'd be good if you got movement movement is good for your mental health. Um, you know, we need to not, sometimes there's the balance of what's an excuse versus like, okay, you really need to take a rest day, but it's, it's, and also understanding like when you finding balance, it may take you two years to find that balance. Finding balance is not an overnight thing. It's a trial and error of how things work. And then slowly accumulating those, all those things over time to where then you're living your best life. So that's a long answer for that, but it's such a multifaceted answer. And I feel like it took me a long time to find balance, but once I found it, it was the most worth it journey I've ever been on because I don't know, just like, it's hard to describe balance when you finally achieve it. You know what I mean? But it's just, it, you just don't feel in, in these extremes anymore. And it's nice to not be in extremes. Yeah. It's kind of just like this, like natural, like rhythm, I guess, of your life. Cause it is balance once you like yeah. finally get there. And what, I was doing a podcast the other day and this girl talked about how like, it's, it's easily as like as important to eat a brownie as it is to eat a cookie or no yep. brownie as it is to eat a salad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know what you meant. Have like equal importance, which I loved as well. I feel like that like helps define balance. Um, like when it doesn't bother you, like to be able to eat a brownie and then like move on with the rest of your day and then know that you're going to like continue to like fill your body. Um, but it's okay to have like a brownie every once in a while. Um, and you don't like beat yourself up about it. <laughs> Yeah. And I think people don't realize like health is more than just what you eat and what you exercise. Like health is a full circle of things. It's your mindset. It's your finances. It's your relationships with people. It's your relationship with food. Sometimes having the cookie is actually moving yourself to a healthier relationship with food and a healthier balance in life. And when you finally realize you can eat the cookie, then when you go and hang out with friends, you're like, Oh, I can have that brownie and I'm okay. And it betters your relationship with your friends. And because now you're a happier person, you know how to have a relationship with food. You have a better relationship with your parents and a better relationship with your spouse, your boyfriend or girlfriend, whoever that may be. And so it slowly transitions into all these ways of your life. And so it's like, like I totally agree with what you said, having the salad is just good as having the cookie for a lot of people because it's actually starting your way to having a healthier, you know, relationship with food and, and doing that. Yes. I've definitely found whenever I'm like recovered from my eating disorder, like my relationships have improved. My like relationship with God has improved just everything. So holistic yeah. health is like definitely the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. I think people focus way too much on one thing. And it's like, okay, let's look at everything. And they in addition to that, how you're sleeping, what your caffeine intake is like, how late you're staying up, how you balance your studies, you just all of that. And I mean, there's definitely seasons of life where it's just tough 
And it's just going to be tough. You're in college, you're staying till 12 a.m. Like you could do your best to try and get in bed at a good time, balance your life, but there, you are going to go through seasons that are tough. And maybe you're trying to lose some body fat and you're also in this really tough time where you're doing finals. You know, maybe finals isn't the best time to be in a diet. I had a client who, she was a nursing student. She had finals and I was like, why don't we pause your deficit? Why don't we just not lose weight for the next two weeks while you take all your finals? She's like, I can do that. I was like, yeah, let's just move you up to maintenance calories. You can enjoy more foods that we have more things to snack on while you're studying. It'll be fun. We go to your, your study groups, all that kind of stuff. And then when your finals is over, we'll jump back into it. And she's like, oh, just doesn't occur people that you can like pause what you're doing. And sometimes pausing is the best progress that you can make. Realizing that pausing is actually moving yourself forward. So you don't go crazy while you're during finals is a really good thing. And she worked out a little bit less, but it's, she didn't have the time for it. She was studying crazy. And it's like realizing like, there are just these seasons of life and fitness and health is we need to learn how to start seeing it as it's in, like enveloping it in our life in general, instead of, Oh, it's this 12 week weight loss thing. And I'm going to go back to the habits I have. It's like, no, we're going to make habit changes. And this is for life. We're going to make these changes of, you know, having a vegetable more often and drinking your water and being more active. We're not saying, I'm not saying you have to eat chicken and rice and broccoli every single day of your life and work out seven times a week, but we do need to find what's going to be best for you and your best life. Yes. I love that. I love the whole like aspect of like sustainable, like help living a healthy lifestyle. Like, yes, you can like diet, but like, what is going to like last you like the long term? like what habits you're going to carry with you, like for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I appreciate you. Absolutely. On that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely but that was actually the last question that I have for you. But again, just thank you so much for being on. Um, I know that I learned a lot from this episode, so I'm sure that the listeners will as well. Um, and I'll definitely like link like, um, your Instagram in the description whenever I post it. Um, but yeah, again, thank you for being on and you're a super fun guest. This was definitely one of my favorite episodes. Uh, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I super appreciated it. Thank you for tuning in to the Live, Learn, Love podcast. Make sure to follow the Instagram podcast page at Live, Learn, Love podcast to get updates about episodes and learn more about the guests. Also, make sure to visit the website linked down below to learn more about me and the podcast, as well as leave a review or suggestion. See y'all in the next episode. Keep aspiring growth.